I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, understand. you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who's who we have tonight? Uh, I, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The internet, social media, dating and rideshare apps all make life so convenient and fun. Swiping to meet up with someone new has become part of our daily lives. It's also how many unsuspecting people have ended up dead. I'm Courtney Bell. And I'm Jillian Lee Garner, and we're the co-hosts of the true crime podcast, I Met My Murderer Online. In each episode, we share a true story of one such deadly online connection and hopefully how you can avoid it. We hear from all who were involved in the case. The investigators. They discovered a victim inside the house. Victims' family members. Right now, it doesn't feel like life can ever be joyful again. And sometimes, even the murderer themselves. You have to decide, okay, what are you willing to do here? Are you willing to kill these people? If you're a fan of true crime, then you have to listen to season two of I Met My Murderer online. On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As you may know, there have been a handful of predators I've caught who have arrived at the sting house with an urgent need other than their urgent need to have sex with a child, to sexually assault a child. What is that urgent need, you may ask? the urgent need to use the men's room. It happened to Michael Siebert in Riverside County, California. He couldn't wait to get into the bathroom. He had to relieve himself. It happened in Fairfield, Connecticut. A fellow that actually did go into the bathroom. And by the time he came out, I was waiting in the kitchen. 
And the third case that comes to mind is that of Richard Watwood. And he's the predator I've caught who we'll discuss in this episode. Richard showed up during our sting operation in Bowling Green, Kentucky in October of 2007, which would make it 16 years ago, just last month from the time I'm recording this episode. And Richard drove all the way from Tennessee, about an hour's drive, to meet a 13-year-old girl or someone he thought was a 13-year-old girl for sex. It was a very graphic online conversation. Richard was 42 at the time. He had had a colorful life up until this point. It would be more colorful as things went on, but we'll get to that shortly. Richard came into the house and he had to go to the bathroom something fierce. He sat down after meeting our on-site decoy, Casey Morrow, pretending to be the 13-year-old girl. And if you recall, in Bowling Green, we had two lazy boy-like chairs in the living room. It was a beautiful 6,000-square-foot house, probably the biggest of all the Predator sting houses ever. It's gorgeous. We worked with the Kentucky Bureau of Investigation, local authorities, and it was a very professionally run sting. But Richard got there, and he sat down for a minute to talk to the decoy. And right away, he was anxious. He wanted to relieve himself. Not just sexually, but I'm sure he wanted to get to that shortly. And he brought all kinds of gear to make that happen. But he had to go to the bathroom. Now, this, this creates a dilemma for me. It creates a dilemma for law enforcement. And it creates a television production dilemma. Because if... The onside decoy lets him go use the men's room and he locks himself in. Say he starts to suspect that this is a sting operation or he looks out the window as he's relieving himself and sees detectives, surveillance, anything. He could theoretically barricade himself inside the bathroom and now we have an issue. Now, we had no reason to believe that Richard Watwood was armed. He did have a criminal history, some touches with the law, but nothing incredibly violent. And it had been almost 20 years for some of these mid-level offenses. And so typically what I'll do is say, no, you can't, or the decoy will come up with an excuse to say, let me go check the make sure the plumbing's okay or there's some reason why he can't use the bathroom and that in itself creates suspicion so it's it's a problem all the way around you think somebody who was going to do this to have sex with a child would would take care of all this business before they got there i mean he had an hour on the road to figure out he had to go to the bathroom i don't know what it says about these guys but that's exactly what happened in the case of Richard Watwood. So Casey is doing her best to engage him in a conversation. 
which is important because we like to see when possible these guys communicate and interact with the onside decoy because it shows their intent it shows the kind of person they are and he's not buying her excuses he starts to get antsy so i come in i'm in a adjacent room and right away i tell him to have a seat and he starts to get up and he's really agitated now and you'll hear from richard himself from that scene shortly the chat itself leaves nothing to the imagination he's hunting for sex richard is hello hi his screen name is single male stand fit 2000 and he was pretty fit he had had a laundry list of health problems throughout his life he had a heart attack at 28 open heart surgery after that now at 42 he's got a pocket full of viagra condoms and he's trying to have sex with a 13 year old girl her screen name is tatia pet 13. how are you okay and you okay where are you from kentucky she says you i'm in nashville are you single yeah i ain't got no boyfriend I see your MySpace. You look good, he says. Thank you. How old are you? She asks. I'm 35. You? And again, like there's some big difference that's going to make him more attractive or make this less diabolical by saying he's 35 than saying he's 42, which is what he is. You look young, he says. Really? 13. 13. Within seconds of the conversation, she tells him her age, 13. Really? Yeah, really, she says. I don't lie or nothing. That's cool. You're a cutie, he says. Thanks. She asks if he's got a MySpace, which is very popular at the time. No. I need to get one, he says. You have any other pics? I think they all on MySpace. You got any? She asks. Yeah, you want to see? Your parents don't mind you chatting? I live with my mom. She don't care what I do. Really? That's cool. You have a cam? Now, he's already weaseling his way into this girl's life. Grooming her. Acknowledging her young age. Wanting pictures, more pictures than he's already seen. And he's going to send some pictures of himself, okay? Very sexually explicit pictures. Where are you in Kentucky? He asks. But before she can answer, he says he'd buy her a camera. If she was closer. We live in Bowling Green now. I know where that's at, he says. My mom go to Nashville sometimes, she says. Really? You ever get out by yourself? Here it comes. Already fishing for information. I by myself all the time. Really? She takes off a lot, she says. You like that? I don't care. So you do what you want, he asks. What you mean? Do as you please. This chit-chat goes on for a while. 
He lies about his name, says it's Mark. Richard Watwood. You're so cute, he says. Then he gets right to the point. Are you a virgin? Yeah. Really? You never played around with a guy? What you mean? Get naked, touched each other. Oh my God, no, I never got naked with no one. Really? You ever wanted to? I just never have. Do you get horny? He asks. I don't know, maybe. You ever masturbate? No. You ever felt like doing that? I guess I tried, but I don't think I do it right. What are you doing? He wants to know the complete extent to which she's had any experience here. And you know, I don't know sometimes by getting detailed in these chats, I I don't want to ever offend any of you who listen to this podcast. And I try to walk a fine line without scrubbing these chats because I think it's important to hear what these guys actually say. It allows us to understand how their minds work in a way. And if you understand that, you can better protect yourselves, your children, and other people you know from being victimized by any sort of predator. So if you think I ever go too far here, let me know. But here we go. You rubbing the outside of it or trying to put your fingers inside? Just rubbing, you know. Doesn't it get real wet, he wants to know? I don't think so. Don't you ever feel horny and you get wet down there? Now, you know, Richard is not the brightest fellow who's ever walked into a predator investigation. I think we can all figure that out by now. Did a guy make you wet? Was he talking to you sexy? Have you saw a man's penis before? Okay, he's pretty obsessed right now. It's all worked up. You can pretty much predict when a guy goes this far this quick, he's going to show up, barring any extenuating circumstance. You want me to turn my cam on? (laughs) And guess what he's going to do after that? More about this predator I've caught in a moment. Do you wanna, she says. If you wanna see, it's your cam, says the girl. Okay. Wow, dude, you naked. Yeah, what you think? You on here naked a lot? It's cool, she says. It looked big, he says, talking about his private parts. Yeah, I want to see you wave at me. What you mean? Like wave high. Why? I don't know. Don't then. You getting horny? As if a 42-year-old man exposing himself is going to make a 13-year-old girl horny. I mean, maybe. I mean, there's a reason these guys keep doing this. 20 years into the predator investigations, they keep trying. It must happen. We know there have been criminal cases. And then he asks... You have a hairy pussy? Eh. No, not really. I don't want hair on me, says the decoy. You shave it? No, I ain't got much down there. You feeling wet down there now? I don't know, maybe. Reach down there and touch it. So now he wants to lure her into this whole virtual sex 
And while his behavior online would indicate that he's the kind of guy who would travel, you know, we do see predators who just get off by this sort of conversation, this sort of behavior online. You saw me, he asks, my big dick. I saw that. I needed to get off here beyond tomorrow evening, he says. So after all that, he ditches. Yeah, I should be, she says, about being on the next night. Okay, look for me. Good night. What a Romeo. They're back. You like what you saw of me last night? Yeah, it was cool. Would you like to play with it? Ooh. Play around, he asks. Would you want me to, she says. Yes, would you like to? Now, he goes back and forth with this cat and mouse game of who wants to do what, as if that somehow will excuse him because if this 13-year-old girl says, yeah, it's okay, I really want to do it, then it's okay. But it's not okay. Then he takes it up another level. Says exactly what he wants to do to the girl when they do meet. Undress you and suck your tits and kiss you all over pull my big dick out and rub the big head around the outside of your pussy and make it so wet. In person, he says. For reals? If you wanna. Don't that excite you? Blech. Are you messing with me, she says. No, are you? No, why would I do that, she says. So you would get with me, he wants to know? We were talking about that, but I think you just saying it. I'm not. You make me so horny. My dick is so big thinking about you, he says. It's so big right now. He wants to know what the girl's wearing. My jammies, she says. Wants to know her breast size. 34A, that's a pretty big size. So would you like to try to put my big dick inside you? You want me to lick it and rub my big dick head around it? <laughs> If I drove to Bowling Green, would you get out alone with me? My mom's gone a lot, she says. I know. You would drive all the way up here to see me, she asks. I might if you go out with me. So if I got a room, you could come get in there with me. Well, there's his plan. You're not scared to? You think you would be able to get naked with me? I could. I could do whatever we wanted. Am I making you horny, he asks. Tell me. I'm naked and jacking my dick right now, thinking about you. I'm not going to type dirty stuff, she says. I just want to know how you feel, he says. Tell me you're hot. Tell me how hot you are right now. LOL, no. You just want me to talk dirty to you. You're really young. We are going to have to sneak around. Hmm. You ever wondered about sucking a dick? It goes on. He asks her to masturbate again if she wants to see his penis again. Says he's masturbating. So you want me to come stay with you on a weekend she's gone? I would love to stay with you, he says. You never had sex, have you? No, is that bad? No, you want me to be the first? This excites a lot of the predators I've caught. I know a lot about it, and I will show you. It gets more graphic, but I think you get the point. 
he basically repeats himself. Says he'll hold her tight all night. As a reminder of her age, she says, all I sleep with now is a teddy bear. <laughs> she tell you something. So after all that, Richard Wadwood, who is divorced, shocking, I know, still manages to commandeer his in-law's car or his former in-law's car for the one-hour drive to our luxurious sting house in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Our hidden cameras catch him arriving. This would be one, uh, stay fit. He's wearing jeans and a t-shirt. He's got some sort of a drink in his hand. I don't recall if it was coffee or a soft drink, but he's got a white styrofoam cup. Rings the doorbell, which we hear inside. And Casey comes outside into the driveway and tells him to go into the side door because the front door doesn't work. Hey, come around the side. This front door doesn't work. Okay. Okay, he says. He's moving pretty fast, and the decoy stays ahead of him. I was just watching some TV. We got these new chairs. Sit down in it. It's the greatest thing ever. She shows him the lazy boy chairs I was alluding to earlier. If you slide them. Hey, can I use your restroom? And then he makes it clear that he's got to go, as in go to the restroom. Um, well, we're having some plumbing issues right now because it's the new house, so it's uh-huh. not really hooked up yet. Yeah. So do you, can you hold it for a little bit maybe until later? I got to pee real bad. I've got to pee real bad. Now, you'd think he'd figure this out before he got here, but that's not what happened. So I come in. Hot. I've been having to go since now. Before you do that, I've got a couple questions for you. Uh Uh-huh. What's going on? Uh, Not much. No, no, I need to ask you some questions first. Keep your hands on your pockets, please. I can see them. Please have a seat. I don't want to have a seat. I don't want to have a seat, he says. Now, I've got to make a strategic decision because if I do let him go to the restroom, it could cause all the problems I discussed earlier. But if I let him go and it works out or had Casey let him go, maybe he would have sat back down in that lazy boy chair and I could have really got into his head a little bit. But these decisions are made in split seconds. We have to do the best we can. And in this same sting, and, and we talked about this other fellow in a previous episode, we did have a guy who was leaving who didn't do what the law enforcement agents told him to do. They tased him, but only one of the taser prongs hit, and he ended up coming back into the house. It was quite a scene. No, they got him okay, and he got tased for sure. But it caused a ruckus. We don't like that to happen inside the sting house, but it does, and we deal with it. So I think I might have been a little hesitant to create another situation inside the house. So I didn't push or I didn't take the risk of letting him use the restroom. So he picks up his keys and I'm trying to engage him to keep him in the house to talk, even though I know he's got to relieve himself. Now, what was your plan here tonight? 
If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment. Keys in hand, he turns towards the door. He came in. And then I tell him who I am. He stops. And he tries to process this new information. Well, there's something you need to know before you leave. That's I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC. The Kentucky Bureau of Investigation officers are waiting. And Richard is not going to get to use the bathroom right away. Right, going to the side door. Coming out, guys. Coming your way. All the way out, all the way out. All the way down. Get on the ground. Get on your stomach. Get on your stomach. Richard Wadwood is taken away in an unmarked car to a local police station for interrogation. Officers search his car for evidence. That's swagger. And two unmarked types Two unmarked Possibly several times. Now, because he's had some touches with law enforcement before, he's pretty hip to this requesting a lawyer and not incriminating himself any further. The transcripts are damning. The fact that he crossed a state line makes this potentially a federal case, which is what it will become. But more often than not, do these predators I've caught actually talk to me, as you've heard and seen over the years, but they also talk to law enforcement. And like in all of these investigations over 20 years, these particular detectives are very skilled at getting these guys to talk. Even when they don't talk to me, they will talk to the detectives in most cases. Richard Wildwood is one of the very few who invoked his right to stay silent. But he's brought into this interrogation room. And two different detectives are there, one female, one male. Very good, very professional. And he says he's not going to go down that road, not going to tell him about his problems or why he was there to be the 13-year-old girl or anything else. He sticks to his guns for the most part. But he does chat about other things, as we'll hear. Now, he sits in this interrogation room for about an hour, a little more than an hour. And remember that they've already found Viagra, they've found condoms, all of this indicates intent, of course. Okay. You were picked up tonight for traveling to see a minor. He's read his rights and asked to sign a waiver. I won't waive my rights. He spends a lot of time in the interrogation room between chats with the detectives, just looking down at his handcuffed arms, wrists. There's some talk about deer hunting. There's some talk about what he has to do so he can go home. Well, he is not going home anytime soon. He's going to face a judge. He's going to put a $50,000 cash bond down. They don't have bail bondsmen in Kentucky. You got to pay the bail. But at some point in the conversation, he does say that he worked for Whirlpool at the time. And he gets into some detail about physical fitness. Now, remember his screen name was Single Man Stand Fit 2000. And apparently he liked to work out. 
And that's because of his past health problems, which he talks about. Take a listen. I'll just try to stay in shape. Believe it or not, I had open heart surgery four months ago. Really? Yeah. What was the problem? Blockages. Had a quadruple bypass. <laughs> Back in the gym. After about an hour and 10 minutes, he's taken away to be processed in the county jail. He sees the judge on Monday morning, and the bail is set at $50,000 cash. Richard Wadwood ultimately pleaded guilty in federal court. Remember, he crossed state lines and was sentenced to three years and 10 months in prison for traveling across state lines to engage in sex with a minor. He received five years supervised release probation after he got out, and he had to register as a sex offender. Just a week before this podcast was recorded, Richard celebrated his 58th birthday. He still lives in Tennessee, where he works maintenance for a condominium complex. I have several phone numbers for Richard, and I've tried all of them. I will keep trying, and if he gets back to me, I will let you know. More of our story in a moment. As you know, I like to hear from you. And this week's question comes from Adrian, who's a teacher in Detroit, my hometown. Hi, Chris. This is Adriano from Detroit. Go Lions. This is our year, baby. I just want to give you a big thank you for all the work that you've done, especially for me being a high school teacher. The information that you put out, the exposure that you put these predators on blast for really helps make sense of security for my kids that I teach every day. I had a quick question that is probably really, really odd, and I'm not sure if it's already been asked, and if it is, I apologize, but what happens to the cars or the vehicles that these predators come to the sting houses in? Like, where do they end up going? I'm sure you have to get them out pretty quickly before another predator shows up. I, my memory goes straight to the one episode where the man showed up in like a dump truck or the one that showed up in the semi or golf cart mat, or even the predators that come in a rental car. Like, do those go into evidence for the cases? Do the rental companies get those cars back? Just very, very curious. And I know it's a stupid question, but thank you again for all the work that you do. I love all the content. And um, if you're ever in Detroit again, Chris, we'd love to have you at our school. Take care. Make good choices. Bye now. That's really a good question, Adrian. And, and thank you for the compliment. And, and I really appreciate it coming from you as a teacher, which is such a strategic and important position in our society that I don't think is recognized enough because that's where the safety of these kids begins, the relationship they have with their parents, number one, and their teachers, number two, and education is everything here. In terms of the cars, the vehicles these men show up with, sometimes they actually are forfeited. They're taken by the law enforcement agency involved, sheriff's department or police department or sometimes federal agencies. 
And they can do that in certain jurisdictions based upon the fact that that vehicle was used in the commission of a felony. Doesn't always happen. If the car still has a lien or a, a loan on it, typically they won't mess around with it. They'll just give the car back after it's impounded. In the case of the golf cart, Matt, well, I don't think they took that golf cart away. I think it just went back to Matt's residence, which I think he shared with a parent. And the dump truck and the semi, well, those required a different skill set to remove the car. But as you mentioned, because these guys show up oftentimes on each other's heels, those vehicles have to be moved. If it's an average looking vehicle that can stay on the street while another predator shows up and is interrogated and processed and taken away, that that's usually not a problem. But we can't have cars upon cars upon cars parked in front of the sting house. So typically what will happen, and, and we try to find locations that play into this, the guy will show up, he'll get confronted, he'll get arrested, and then a member of the law enforcement team will jump in that car, they'll get the keys from the, the perpetrator, and take that car to the sheriff's department, the police department, or whatever lot, and they're stored there. They will then be searched for evidence in the case of the predator I've caught, we discussed in this episode, they found Viagra and condoms in the car. And they often find evidence. And so that's collected for the criminal prosecution. More often than not, the car is returned at some point, but as I said, sometimes it's, it's forfeited. The trucks, well, they have to find somebody on the sheriff's department or a law enforcement agency who can drive a big dump truck. And so that becomes a little bit more of a challenge. But we get them out of there as quickly as possible. In terms of coming to speak to your school, Adrian, I would love to do that. Shoot me some information and we'll see if I can't make that work. I, I speak at schools fairly frequently. I think it's important to do that. And because the Detroit area is my hometown, I am there a lot. You can always find me on social media at Chris Hansen on X, formerly known as Twitter, official Chris Hansen on Instagram, TikTok, have a seat with Chris Hansen, Cameo, should you desire as we get closer to the holidays, and my streaming crime network, True Blue, T-R-U-B-L-U, watch TrueBlue.com for details, new takedown investigations out now the new predator investigations you need to check them out and some big news coming for some exclusive new content on true blue as well watch trueblue.com and as always you can find me right here at chris at predatorpodcast.com i'll be watching and listening a huda media production